Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Praise the Lord. Tonight, um, I'm going to teach a little bit. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to turn right quickly um, to Romans chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. And then we're going to go to uh, James chapter 4, verse 7. So Romans 13 and 1, something, and I'll explain the Lord Something kind of got on my mind, and the Lord, me and him, just talked about it a lot, and it just worked out into a, a message, so a lesson. So um, I've enjoyed searching some things and finding some things out uh, concerning this subject tonight. Romans 13 and 1, Paul is writing to the church, and um, in verses 1 and 2, the statements that he makes... Um, he is talking about earthly ministry and the, the, the governments that he has set up here, but the principle of, of being subject applies even further than that. Romans 13 and 1 says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. This is to the church. Now remember, this is to the church. The church has to understand that the only power they have and that they are under or subject to is to be God. Now, God has set forth governments and things in the church. That's not what we're going to talk about, but just so you're not confused in that, he, he's not saying that men are rulers over people as dictators, things like that, because if they're not in submission to God, then they're out of order anyway. But we need to understand there is no power but of God. The powers that be, anything that exists, the powers that be, they are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore, doesn't matter who they are, how long they've been around, whosoever will resist the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. The word ordinance there means arrangement or order or what is ordained. So when you resist the power, you resist what God has set in order and the way he has arranged it. I don't want to try to change the way God has set things up. It says, And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. You only hurt yourself when you try to do it your way and not God's way. James 4 and 7 says this, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And I want to talk uh, on this tonight and teach submission is the key. Submission is the key. Let's pray for the lesson tonight. Ask God to open our understanding. Jesus, we love and appreciate you so much. And we know that the words you speak, or that they are spirit and they are life. Let the word of God find good ground in our hearts tonight. Anoint these lips of clay and give me words to feed us tonight, God, that we can all be better, be changed, and be closer to you tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Give the Lord a hand and a shout before you're seated. Hallelujah. Give him a praise. Thankful for the word of God. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for his word. Thank you for being in service tonight. You can be seated. The word, there's two words in these different scriptures. In Romans 13 and 1, he says, let every soul be subject. In James 4 and 7, he said, submit. 
those are the exact same, the exact same word in the Greek, and the word is hupatasso. Uh, hupatasso. It sounds better when you say it like that. Hupatasso. Be under, and it means to be under obedience, be in subjection to, submit yourself unto. In the world, people think about submission and they think about somebody twisting the arm behind your back and, or getting you in a chokehold, making you tap out, uh, being forced into submission. But we are never forced into submission to God. It is a choice. The life that we live for God only works. It only works out right when we are in submission to him and the arrangement or the order which he has ordained. Everything about this life flows from submission to him. And when we learn the order, the arrangement, and what he has set up in his word, our life is going to be better. The scripture says that the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, or they are ordained of God. So he orders them, he sets the arrangement, yet he does not force you to walk in it. You walk in it through your submission to his word. The scripture tells me that we live not by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That means if I, if I say I live by the word of God, I have submitted my life to the word of God. The word does not force me in. We talk about the word sometimes being a, uh, you know, like a barrier. It's a, it's a guardrail that keeps us, but we can hop that rail. And uh, it's, not, uh, it's not a cage. It's not a prison. Uh, that locks us in and we can't do anything about it. Uh, the word of God was forever settled in heaven. It's, in other words, it's the arrangement that God has made. The Bible says that through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So there's no doubt about it. The word sets everything in order. He created the universe. He created the world. He created this earth through his word. Let there be light. He spoke it. It's, you read it in Genesis, and God said, and God said, and God said, and every time he did, it was, and it was good. God said it in order even then. And so when we look even all the way back into Genesis, we realize that Adam and Eve had an arrangement, an order. God did not just create Adam and, and say, take off, boy. It says that God created man, and he placed him in the garden, and then he told him to dress it and keep it. He gave him instruction. Uh, he told them, you can eat of any fruit, anything that's in here, except you cannot touch the fruit of this tree that is in the midst of the garden. We know Eve, when she's recounting this to the serpent, that she relays the instruction that was given to her. And as long as Adam and Eve are in submission, then what God provided was going to be there. They would have dominion. They would have fellowship with God. They would not have shame. They would not have fear. Everything was good for them. It was paradise, literally, for them as long as they were subject to and submitted to the order and arrangement that God had set up. 
when they sinned, when they bit and ate of that fruit, when they touched it, when they listened to something else, they rebelled, they, they went out from under submission to God's word, and they submitted themselves to the lies of the serpent and found out that once you get away from what God has set up, life is not going to be easy anymore. Adam, you're going to eat bread by the sweat of your brow. The earth's going to bring forth briars and thistles, and it's going to be hard. And Eve, uh, childbirth, enough said, uh, it's going to be bad. So uh, you see that life was going to get hard as they walked away from submission to God. When you go a little farther, you will read about Noah living in a world that was uh, just continual wickedness. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, but grace alone did not save Noah. God told Noah, here's what's going to happen. Here are the plans for you and your family to be saved. And the scripture says that Noah did all that God commanded him. In other words, Noah submitted to the plan of God. God ordained a way out. It's going to, the flood's coming. If there's no ark, you're going to die. And if there's no ark, it's because you didn't follow the plan or you did not obey what I gave you. The flood was going to come whether Noah worked or not. But he was in submission to God. He did everything that God told him to do concerning the ark and him and his family, as Peter recorded, eight souls were saved by water. When you go on to Abraham, you'll find that uh, the promise for Abraham and him becoming the father of many nations hung on his submission to God's word for him to get up and get out of the land that he lived in. You can't stay here and be that. You've got to, why can't you just bless me here? Why can't you just do what I say? You know? <laughs> I mean, come on. Hey, God, why can't you just do it? Well, why can't you just do what I say? You know, uh, so for Abraham... Abram to eventually be Abraham and be the father of faith, the father of us all, uh, that all nations of the earth blessed in him. For all this to come to pass, uh, he has to submit himself to God's plan, to God's word. And because he did, he has a son. Abraham has Isaac. Isaac has Jacob. Here come the tribes of Israel. Uh, here comes Judah. Here comes Christ. Hello, here we are. You see how what worked through submission. Submission was the key for all the way that ran all the way down to us today. Now you go on and you'll read about Moses and Israel. Uh, Moses and Israel would survive and they would come out of Egypt as long as they were in submission to God's word concerning the Passover just before their exodus. He says you're going to... Take this lamb, we get the Passover uh, rules, so to speak, the ordinances that God sets up. He said, this is the way you're going to do it. Um, you're going to take the blood, you're going to put it on the doorpost, on the lintel, you, on the top post, everything. You're going to stay inside. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. But if you come out of that door, you're dead because this is the order, the arrangement, the plan. This is uh, what I've set up, and I'm going to uh, really put it to Egypt tonight, but if you don't obey me, then you'll find the same fate as Egypt did. And so they survived because they were in submission to God's word concerning uh, the Passover just before it was time for them 
to be in their exodus. When you go all the way into Deuteronomy chapter 28 and the first 14 verses, you'll read the blessings that God said would come on Israel and overtake them, but it was only when they uh, were diligent in uh, holding on to his word, following his word, and following him. He said, as long as you are faithful to the words that I command you, all these blessings are going to come on you. And he goes on to tell them they're going to be blessed going in, blessed going out, fields going to be blessed, children's going to be blessed, head not the tail above, only not beneath, all these things. He said, unless you decide to do differently and you rebel against me, then you're going to be destroyed. So we see that uh, the success that Israel was going to have as far as being victorious against their enemies, that was even included in all that, those first 14 verses. This is how you'll get victory, Israel, is when you are in submission to me. And so we go on and we see even some of the most early glimpses into salvation and being washed from our sin come from submission. It doesn't just happen. God's not snatching us up and dunking us and saying, there you go. It was always us submitting to him. Isaiah chapter 1 in verse 18 through 20, the Lord's speaking to uh, his people, and he says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow, and though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And then he says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Now, when you look up the word submission in for Webster's, it will say obedient. And so, in other words, this is what he's saying. After you hear the reasoning, after we reason together, in other words, God's, I'm going to lay it out for you. This is what it's going to take. After you hear what I have to say, if you are willing and obedient to what I've set in order, you're going to have the good of the land. But if you refuse this, if you rebel against it, if you decide to go your own way, you're going to be devoured with the sword for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. In other words, I've set it in order. This is the way it is, and we don't get to change it. Submission is the key to salvation. We, God does not save us against our will. Nobody is going to be drugged into heaven. Come on, get on these streets of gold right now. No, no, sir. It's going to be well done, good and faithful servant, someone who has submitted to me and served me and uh, willingly lived their life for me. So uh, the first commandment on the tablets was, you shall have no other gods before me. And then he went on to say that um, you don't make any graven images and you don't bow down and worship anything else. It was all about order, arrangement, and submission to him that he was going to be first. So God doesn't force us to be saved. The Bible says he stands at the door and knocks. And if we hear his voice and open, then he comes in. He calls us out of darkness into marvelous light. He doesn't go in there and grab us and drag us out of it. He calls to us, and we answer the call. When we read in the book of Acts, uh, Peter is standing up. Uh, it says, Peter, full of the Holy Ghost, stands up and begins to preach. Well, the reason that 120 had the Holy Ghost was because they were submitted 
to the Word of God. Go tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Why? You know how that's kind of a cramp in my style, Lord. I, you know, I got things to do. Why can't you just give me the promise right now? This is the way I ordered it. This is the way I set it up. This is how it's going to be. And so they went, about 120 went, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spake with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And amidst all the commotion, Peter uh, starts answering people, stands up and begins to preach a message. And once he's done, they say, Hey, men and brethren, what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. He tells them what to do. This is the power from God. This is what God said it would be, preach repentance and remission of sin in my name. So Peter is preaching under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, which we shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon us, and it comes from God. So the powers that be, they are of God. And when we submit to anointed Holy Ghost-filled preaching, then faith is inspired. And if we obey that, if we come under submission to the Word, we're going to get the blessings of the Word. And so it says, and they that gladly received the word, or, or they came under submission to it, uh, were baptized. They were now subject to the arrangement that God has set forth and that he had ordained. And it says, and uh, God added to the church such as should be saved. So submission was key to salvation and access into the body or the church it had to be through submission. You cannot uh, kick that door down. You can't buy somebody else's ticket. You can't go on anybody else's coattail. If you're going to go, it will be through submitting yourselves to the plan and the word of God. Submission is still the key. And so if there's ever been a, a greater uh, just presentation of submission than the early church, I don't know it because that first century church was simply doing what Jesus said to do. And when they did that, they had revival, they had signs, they had miracles. They were picking people up off the ground saying, rise up and walk. They were casting out devils. They were just having tremendous uh, church, as what we like to call church. They were having revival. God was adding to the church. The church was growing, and fear and wonder was coming on people because they said, look at these people. They're turning the world upside down. Why? Because they're living by the words of a man who died and rose again. They have come under subjection. They are subject to him. They are in submission to him, realizing that there's an order. Even Peter said, hey, concerning the man that uh, was lame, he said, why are you looking at us like it was our own holiness? But it's his name and faith in his name. We're under submission to somebody else. And it's because we're under submission that these kind of miracles are happening. And so we have to start checking ourselves, I feel like, as the church to make sure we are under submission to God. Uh, and can I say that a lot of things maybe that we trick ourselves into believing or we're not maybe not under submission as we should be, but we've, we feel like we are because, uh, you know, just because we give in the offering, we may not be under submission to God. Some people give just to be seen of others. Jesus said that. Attendance. Lifting our hands. Running. 
That doesn't mean somebody's under submission. They may be doing it to be seen of somebody else. So, but to be submitted to God, you've got to be submitted to the Word of God because God doesn't operate outside of His Word. We are born again, not of corruptible seed, but by incorruptible, the Word of God. And if I am born again by the Word of God, this new life that has been born again will be lived and framed by the Word of God. And when I am in submission to the Word, then the power and the authority and all the things that come with it, when Jesus said these things that I did, you're going to do in greater things, he said, you're going to do that because I'm going away and the power's coming. But nobody, nobody has the Holy Ghost without submission. God does not uh, put us in a line and immunize us with a shot and give us the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost comes through submission to him, submitting to his, his plan, believing in him, believing that he came and that he lived, died, and rose again, believing that he is the Lord of glory, coming back to get us one day. Belief in Christ and submission to him is where being filled with the Holy Ghost comes from because we're born again. That's part of the new birth. It's by the word of God. I've got to be in submission to what the word of God says. And so now we are the church, and if we are not in submission, then we are without power. That doesn't mean we're without services, and that doesn't mean that, we were, or that we're without programs or even without people. But when we are out of submission, then we are out of power. We've got to be under submission to have what God wants us to have. We've got to be in submission to him. Uh, just a couple of scriptures to remind us where power comes from. Colossians 2 and 10, when Paul is talking about all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ bodily, he said, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. So we know that's him. Jesus said of himself in Matthew 28 and 18, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And so we've got, we can't resist the power. It's, it's ordained that way. People that want to say, uh, Jesus was the third person or this person. Well, that's resisting the, the order because God didn't set it up like that. God said uh, he's not in the Godhead. The Godhead's in him. It's all in him. It dwells in him, and you are complete in him. Everything you have is going to come from him. Jesus said all the power before Paul ever writes this, all power in heaven and in earth, it's, it's given to me. It's in me. It's, I've got the power uh, I'm going away so that I can come back and dwell inside of you. And guess what comes? If I've got all the power, when I come back, the power will be in you. That's why we receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon us. So when we resist the power, we resist God. I don't want to be found resisting God. I don't want to be praising him and resisting him. I don't want to be, uh, you know, uh, just doing things, going through the motions. I don't want to have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof because the power comes through submission. And so people can put on a show. They can put, have a big name. We've seen it throughout the years. We've seen people that made themselves famous with church that uh, became great, got people to send them all their money, and then they get caught in some kind of big scandal and realize they never was living for God anyway. It's just they put on a big show, never really had any power, and uh, they were living for themselves, and then it finally caught up and got them because you can't 
you can't be uh, out of submission and be right with God. So when we resist the power, we resist God and the things and the arrangement and the order that he has set up. That's, remember, that's what he said in Romans 13, 1 and 2. He said, when you resist the power, you resist the ordinances of God. I don't want to do that because it only hurts me. And so we don't get to have power and then just use it however we see fit. We can't just, uh, you know, uh, say, well, God, hey, I... I believe in you. Give me the power. Even after we receive the Holy Ghost, we have to be submiss- submit to the Holy Ghost because the Scripture says that the Holy Ghost will lead you, not drag you, not pull you, not kick you, push you, shove you, force you. Uh, you can't lead somebody who's not willing to be led. You, you know, you come and say, come on. You ever tried to, to lead a kid that didn't want to go with you? He's kicking and grinning. You're not leading him anywhere. You're dragging him now. But if you say, hey, come on, let's go, and they they go, okay, and they start walking behind you, they are under submission to what you just said. And it's the same way once we are born again and once we're full of the Holy Ghost, uh, that's great. But now we've got to be under submission to what God said to do with what he gave us. And if we get out of submission, that power is not going to work. The Holy Ghost is not going to work for wrong. Now, people can say, oh, it was the Lord, but if they're not on submission, it was them saying it was the Lord. When it's the Holy Ghost, it'll be the Holy Ghost, and it will always be right. Always be right. So when you're under submission, once you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you've got to let it lead you into all truth. Let it, uh, he said, the, the Spirit would give you what to say in those in days where, you know, you're tried, they're coming against you, they're going to ask you and persecute you, so don't. Think about what you're going to say. Well, if you're not under submission to the Spirit, you're still going to be speechless because you ain't going to know what to say. You're going to be making it up yourself because you don't uh, have that power because you don't have that submission. There's no key. Submission is the key to living your life for God. In Romans 6 and 16, uh, Paul taught this lesson. Know you not that to whom you yield yourself service to obey, his service you are to whom you obey whether of sin unto death or obedience or submission unto righteousness. So whoever you are submitting yourselves to, that's whose servant you are. And so I want to submit myself to God. If I am his servant, then I do his bidding. I do what he wants me to do. I don't do my own thing. Or I am a bad servant, a disobedient servant, and those kind of servants, as we read through some of the parables in different places, the unprofitable servants get cast out into darkness and there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I don't want to be an unprofitable servant. I want to make sure that I am yielding myself to him. I want to obey him and be his servant because it goes one way or the other. There's no middle ground. Well, I don't know who I'm going to serve. Well, you... You just said who you were serving when you did that. Uh, I'm going to serve the Lord. Choose you this day whom you will serve. You're serving one or the other. Pick a team and get with it. Serve him. Now, uh, Jesus is Lord. That's a fact. Jesus is Lord. That is a fact. But he is not our Lord until we submit to him. There's a lot of people that, hey, it don't, Ain't nothing that nobody, any atheist in the world can say, I don't believe in him. He ain't my Lord. That, 
it don't change the fact that he is the Lord. He may not be your Lord, but in people that serve other gods, they've got lords or gods or kings, whatever they want to call them, uh, that he's the Lord of glory, God Almighty, King of kings, all that. Nothing changes that, whether people serve him or not. But he doesn't become my Lord until I surrender to him. That makes sense? It's like people that lived in a kingdom where they had lords over the land. Just because they lived in that land, if they didn't submit to him, you may be the Lord of the land, but you're not my Lord. He said, but that king could still do what he wanted to to him, just like God can still do whatever he wants to to anybody else. It doesn't change the fact that he can still touch your life. You're just not submitted to him. I'm going to show you why that's, that's right in a minute. There's, a, there's another scripture that talks about what it takes to call Jesus Lord. You probably know the scripture I'm talking about. So we have power after we receive the Holy Ghost. But God did not force us into that, and he didn't force it into us. We receive the Holy Ghost. When you receive something, you submit to accept it. I'll take it. I'm submitting myself. I, I want this. I'm submitting to it. I'm yielding to it. We submit, and then God fills us with his spirit. The spirit leads us in all truth. Again, it doesn't drag us, push us. It leads us. Uh, we are led. We submit. That's how we get there. That's how we get to where we're going. Now, when you go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, in the first six verses, Paul begins to speak about, because we're the church now. We've got power, and things come through power, but power only comes through submission. So now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols, even as you were led. In other words, when you were under submission to that life, then you worship these idols, these dumb idols, uh, even as you were led, even as you were under submission. So he says, I give you understanding that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say uh, that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, without his Spirit, I am none of his. If I'm not his, if I don't belong to him, if I'm not his child, then that's like, say, I can't say he's my Lord. No man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. And so there's submission there. Uh, once I am filled with the Holy Ghost, I am submitting that he is my Lord and that I am taken care of by him, I am protected by him, but I am under subjection to him to be under obedience to him because everything I have comes from him. I am complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. He has all that power. He gave me that power. It all flows from him. And remember the scripture says, God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. There's a source for where your power comes from, but that power source is cut off when you get out of submission. You can't be running around living like a hellion and then casting devils out of people. It won't work. It's, uh, it, the, the power... Uh, there is not going to be activated if you can't submit yourself to the arrangement and order that God has put in place. In verse, um, let's see, did I go all the way down to verse 6? No, he said, uh, now there are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. Well, we get the spirit through submission. 
There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is, it is the same God which worketh all in all. In other words, it's all set forth by God, and it's the same God that works all in all. And verse, uh, he goes on to talk about the gifts. He said, one person does this, still by the one spirit, another one will do this. It's by the same spirit. It all comes from that spirit. So we know that all the gifts of the spirit come from the Holy Ghost. Each, each gift doesn't have a different spirit. If you have the Holy Ghost, you have access unto those nine spiritual gifts. But if you are not in submission, you don't have access because God's not just going to give those gifts to people who are rebellious. People will operate and say it's that gift. That do, just because they say it doesn't make it so. If they're not under submission, it'll always show itself, it'll expose itself, or it won't work. It, it just simply will not work. He goes on to talk about how uh, that our body is many members, but it's just one body. And then in verse 18, he says, God has set the members, every one of them in the body as it pleased him. Or in other words, God ordained it, God arranged it. You know, you can't, it's just like today, on, on a, maybe on a different scale, but uh, people who are saying, well, here's a little baby boy that was born to the world, but He's just gender neutral. He's not either or. Well, you can't change it because God set it in order. And when you resist the order, even on that level, when you resist the ordinance, you only bring, you're resisting what God set in order and you are bringing damnation upon yourself because God set the body in order. He put the parts that define male and female where they go and so when you see that child, that baby born, hey, that's a baby boy. That's a male child. Well, no, we're not going to tell it that. Then you're resisting the ordinance of God. And you're not in submission to the plan of God because he created them male and female. In the beginning, that's how God created them. You can't change what God has set in order. Even on that scale, it is the world rebelling against God. They don't want to be under submission to God. And so when you take that away from that child, he loses his identity. And now he does not perform the roles that was designed for the male or the female as God intended because now he's out of order. So when we call him Lord, we've got to do it by the Holy Ghost. And without remember, without his spirit, we're none of his. Now, what got this whole ball rolling, this whole message, now I'm just getting to what got it going, why, why I wanted to teach on this, because it led to that. But if there's one thing that gets me and worries me is when people will quote half a scripture and then build a foundation on it like it's going to stand. You can't chop up God's word and expect it to work. It's got to be just like it is in the scripture. And that's why along with Romans 13, 1, 2, I also put James 4 and 7 up. And if you'll put James 4 and 7 back up for me, brother, for just a second, if you can find that. Um, the way you will always see this is you will see resist the devil and he will flee. You'll see it on memes and little stickers and, and T-shirts or whatever else. You'll, it's it's going to say, 
Resist the devil and he will flee. And I'm going to tell you that you can resist all day long and he won't go nowhere. You ain't scared him one bit unless you are in submission to God. The opening line of this scripture says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God, period. Let's don't even add anything else into this statement. If you don't have this, you're in trouble. All right, number one, James is writing this book to the tribes, the 12, the remnant there, the scattered, those uh, tribes that still that believed in Christ. He's writing this to believers. Don't try to give part of a scripture to somebody who has never even been born again. You know, they, this, somebody posted this scripture, resist the devil and he'll flee. And they went on talking about, you know, you're having hard times, just resist, you'll be better, do this. Well, now, to a child of God, we think, well, it's just common sense. People know you've got to live for God. But to the person who has never submitted themselves to God, it's just like you handed them a gun for the first time and said, hey, put this, point this at your head and pull the trigger because you don't have any idea what you're holding on to. They've never been in submission to God, never lived for God, never prayed to God, and you're telling them, resist the devil and he'll flee. No, he won't. They're going to get in more trouble because they have no idea how this scripture is supposed to work. It's just like the Bible says that the word of God is a sharp, powerful, two-edged sword. Now, have you ever, when we were kids, you used to love to watch the ninja movies, and they'd get them swords. You know, I mean, just everywhere. It's like, not, you know, not cutting them. So they man, flip it, twirl it, hide in the back, throw it, catch it all kind of things with it. And I was like, man, so we would get plastic swords and we'd be doing it. And man, we'd have bruises on our shins and, you know, you didn't hit your brother in the eye. You, 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 if it had been a real sword, I'd be dead. That is exactly, it's, it's completely hilarious, but it is exactly what happens when you give an unbeliever part of scripture and say, now go fight the enemy. They're going to cut themselves to pieces. They're going to hurt themselves or possibly die from their wounds because it's not enough to take part of the scripture. You don't take a, sh- you wouldn't give a little child uh, a sharp knife and say, hey, go cut your own, uh, go carve your own meat off the turkey. They get fingers coming off, everything else. You, they don't know how to use that. They don't understand what it will do. Oh, let's see what is that. There it is. You ever seen a little kid pick up a knife? Don't really know what it is. And he looks at it, slices his finger open. He had no idea. You give the word of God to somebody who hasn't even been saved yet, don't even know anything about Jesus, and you pull in something out of the letters. Let me tell you, you want to talk to an unbeliever about Scripture, talk to him about the Gospels and talk to him about the book of Acts. Because from Romans on, it's for the church. You start trying to save people from Romans on, you're going to have them all mixed up because they hadn't even submitted to Jesus yet. You've got to tell them about Jesus living, dying, and raising from the dead. And then you've got to tell them about what he said to do, which was done in the book of Acts, what it took to be born again, and the examples of being born again. And then the, from Romans on, it's letters to the churches. It's letter to the saints. How to stay saved. How to keep fighting the enemy and winning. It's, so people need to quit trying to save people out of Romans. It just ain't going to work. You need to take them to the Gospels and to the book of Acts, get them saved, get them filled with the Holy Ghost, and then say, now here, this is the roadmap, the rest of it. This is how you live, right here. My, 
So this is James 4 and 7. So what gets me is about, put that scripture back up, man. Be in submission. I didn't tell you to take that down. <laughs> I'm picking at him. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. I got to thinking, why do they always leave submit yourselves, therefore, to God off? Because they ain't under submission themselves. Oh, I, uh, they, they, they want to talk about punching the devil in the eye and giving him a black eye and whooping up on him and making him run, but they don't want to be under submission themselves. I have found out in, in just noticing and watching that most of the time people who don't quote the submit yourself part first, they're the same ones that believe once saved, always saved. Don't have to do anything. Grace is going to save me regardless. They believe in the Trinity, which is not the order that God set up. Or they just don't want to, they don't, nobody telling them what to do. They don't want to be labeled as a Bible thumper, a holy roller, a fanatic, things like that. So they, they, and even, they may not even realize it. You know what the, the Bible says? You know, we get the Spirit through submission. And if we're under submission to the Spirit, we'll speak in the Spirit we'll, with the Spirit leading us and guide us, and we'll quote the whole thing. But the Bible says that the flesh and the Spirit are enemies one to the other. And sometimes they don't even realize it. But when the flesh quotes this scripture, it will always leave, submit yourself out because the flesh is the carnal mind is enmity with God and so uh, now sometimes you know if you've done that yourself and told somebody say hey look resist the devil it's just because you're thinking of that part and sometimes us born again people take it for granted that everybody realizes but this is why it's so important to make sure we tell people the whole scripture if your best friend's going through something they're struggling they're trying to hold on you just and you walk up to him and say, hey, just, just resist the devil and he'll flee. Tell him, hey, quote the whole scripture. Because submitting yourself causes you to examine yourself. Where am I at? Am I all right with God? Is everything all right with God in my life? Because uh, don't remove submission and only go for the power. Everybody loves the power. But uh, submission is the key to making the devil go anywhere. I'm going to prove it. Just hang on. So you again, resist all you want, but without submission to God, you are powerless. We need faith, submission, and obedience to the word to see the miraculous. If we, we, we say, well, we got to have faith to see the miraculous. But you get faith through submission because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, but you can't be a hearer only. You got to be a doer. Well, to do it, you've got to submit to it. Submission, the key is submission. So when we pope or quote part of a scripture, resist and he will flee, it's just not true. That's not the truth. You're not telling the truth. You've got to submit yourself to God. If you are not subject to the higher powers of God, the lesser power does not fear you. All right, I will. I'll be in submission. If you are not subject to the higher powers of God, the lesser power does not fear you. I'm going to prove it. The enemy believes in your God and trembles. But if you are not in submission to him, don't expect the enemy to be in submission to you. Oh, he knows your God and he trembles. But if he doesn't look at you and tremble, he knows right away. 
you're not in submission. If we walk contrary to the word of God, we are not in submission to God. We've got to walk by the word of God. Every, listen, every time the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, he answered, it is written. He never walked outside of God's word. He was submitted to the word of God. And every time he did that, he defeated that temptation. He was in submission and obedience to God's word, which is ordained forever settled in heaven. And you know what it says at the end? Then the devil left him. He fled. He was gone. And angels came and ministered. Now Luke 4 and 14, after that temptation, it says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, because the power comes from submission. Jesus came in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and they went out of fame with him throughout the region because he was healing, doing miracles, preaching, all this thing. His words were authority and power. Miraculous things were happening, all these things. But that came after that temptation in the wilderness, after he submitted, he could, have, he could have given in to any one of those. He was a man, tempted in all points as we were, and he could have said, all right, yeah, I'll give in to it, but he would not. He said, it is written. This is the only way I can do it. This, I'm going to stay in submission to the word of God. And let me tell you, it came out with the power. The power for us to do what God called us to do comes through us submitting ourselves to him. God's servants, God's servants have the power to resist. Don't give someone who is not submitted to God a sword and send them out against the enemy because they will lose. I'm almost done here. Now I'm going to give you a couple of examples. In Acts chapter 19, Paul goes to Ephesus. We know we love the first part of Acts 19. Uh, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? We hadn't even heard if there'd be a Holy Ghost. So Paul says, well, how are you baptized? Baptized at John's baptism. So he begins to preach to them about Jesus. They submit and are baptized. He lays his hands on them. They receive the Holy Ghost. So they're all under submission. Well, all this is happening, great things. Paul stays there two years preaching Christ. So there's great miracles happening. They're taking napkins and things off Paul's body and people are getting better. It's just miracles, miracles, miracles. You know why? Paul was in submission. And then in uh, verse 13, it says, then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them, or either it was they took it upon themselves, to call over uh, them which had evil spirits in the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you. I don't think that would scare nobody anyway. We adjure you by Jesus. Now, all power in heaven and earth given to him. They're talking about the Lord. They're talking about the one that uh, we are completing him, who is the head of all principality and power. We adjure you by Jesus, who Paul preacheth. Next. And there were seven sons of one, Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priests, which did so. So these guys took it on themselves to take the name of the king of glory with all power in heaven and earth and call it over the... Let's go find some demon-possessed people and adjure them by the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. Now, verse 15. And the evil spirits answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are ye? Now, hold on, don't, don't move yet. Jesus was in submission when he walked this earth. When he would come into the place where there was a, somebody possessed with a devil, they would, be, they would call him out, I know who you are. 
Are you here to torment us? Are you here? To, we, we know you. We know who you are, you holy one. And he'd have to quiet them down. Shh. They knew him because Jesus was in submission. He only did what he heard and saw of his father. He didn't, he didn't try. He, he knew who he was, but he did not make himself of any reputation. He stayed under submission to God. And Paul was struck down. Who are you, Lord? I'm Jesus, whom you persecute. And now Ananias, go tell him all the great things that he's going to have to suffer for my name's sake. And so Paul gets instruction from the Lord. And from that point on, he's preaching Christ. Paul goes under submission. And both of them are known by the evil spirits. Now, and the man, uh, uh, and then, of course, they look at these guys, even though they're using the name of Jesus, but who are you? We ain't scared of you. We don't know you. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overcame them, prevailed against them, so they fled out of that house naked and wounded. They were not under submission to God. They were not under submission to the gospel. They were not under submission uh, to, to anything in God's word. They could still take the name of Jesus, but there was no power with it because they were not under submission. You cannot take the name of Jesus like a tool in your toolbox Use it for your personal gain and then put it back. The name of Jesus is special. But people use it all the time. Swear word, exclamation word. They take the name of the Lord in vain. You know, we talk about, we think the only time people are taking the name of the Lord in vain is when they're cursing. But taking the name of the Lord in vain is when you're just using it without power without authority, without submission. You know why faith in the name of Jesus works? Because you realize I'm praying in the name of the Lord of glory, the King of kings, and the one that died for me. I, I know who he is. I'm under submission to him. And that's why this name works by faith. But when you're out of submission, there's no power, and that's frustrating. And that's why you see churches and places and things that they sing about him, talk about him, things like that, but they don't have any power there because they're not under submission to the word. Now, so, so we see, like I said, you can resist all day long, but until you're under submission, he ain't scared of you. He's afraid of your God, but he ain't afraid of you. But if you're under submission to that God, whew, now, listen, every knee's going to bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and ain't no, nothing can change that. He is the Lord. I said this already, but, but everyone is not in submission to him. That, that means that, that everybody says his name is not under submission to him, and it doesn't work without being under submission. Now, in Luke chapter 10, we're going to flip the coin. Jesus has uh, 70 disciples. Um, he says, After these things the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two by two before his face. And uh, he sent them out, and he told them what to do, go preach the gospel, do these things. Uh, go into these houses, heal the sick. You know, he, he just gave them the command, told them to do it, and they went. Or in other words, they were in submission to the orders that he just set forth, and they went out. They were submitted, and then when they come back in verse 17, it says, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, you can't call him Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. That doesn't mean they were filled like we were, but there was a revelation given through the Spirit, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. They were submitted to Jesus, 
And so they had the power. And Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning falling from heaven. And he said, behold, I give you. Where does it come from? It comes from him. And he said, Lord, the devil's a subject unto us through thy name. We used your name, and the devils had to go, and they had to do what we said. And they didn't even realize it. It's because you're under submission to me. Because he's going to go on to say, Lord, you, you... Father, you've hid these things from the wise and you've revealed it to babes. They don't really get it. They're still babes. And, uh, but he said, you've revealed it unto them. You've shown them what happens when they're, sub, when they're under submission uh, to us. So behold, I give you power to tread on serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The power that comes, the protection that comes, the blessings that come through us being submitted to the name of Jesus. So we see two instances here, some people that use the name and get whooped, some people that use the name and come back rejoicing because even the devils are subject through your name. But he told him, he said, but in this rejoice not. Don't let this just be you know, your only thing that you're doing. Just Don't let it just be about you whooping the devil. He said, rejoice rather that your names are written in heaven because you're not going to be there unless you're submitted. Your name, again, nobody's going to be snatched up into heaven, drug away, fighting and kicking. I don't want to go. Uh, people that are written, if their names are written in heaven, it's because they went under submission to the Lord long ago, surrendered to him, to his salvation, what he said we had to have. So um, submission to him is the key. It's the key. And, and like I said, we're not, we're not fixing to start up an army of, of devil chasers. We're not going to go out hunting the devil, things like that. I'm telling you that we're going to, what we're going to do is be submitted. That way, when anything comes our way, we're ready. If we're submitted, then we're ready because the power that he gives is there for us to access. It's there, and that submission to him is the key. You're his child. You're his servant. You belong to him, blood-bought and purchased and filled with his spirit. Hey, he's not going to let you lose. As long as you stay under submission to him, these blessings are going to come on you and overtake you as long as you're in a submission to him. And, that, and maybe that's why uh, these, uh, you know, the old church, you know, people want to make fun of them. Boy, they were so strict. Following all these, you know, boy, there's every scripture to the letter, man. They, they, you know, give us a little breathing room. Come on. You want to know why they were seeing devils cast out and, and cancers cast out? And he, you know why? Because they were submitted to the word of God. Well, I, you know, I, you know, we, I know, hey, listen, I know. I know the day we live in, I, I know. And I, I see it all. I, I know that, uh, you know, we, we want to, well, let's don't make things so hard. People can't live it. If it's the word of God, it ain't too hard. And they could live it. And so, you know, we laugh, kind of, people want to laugh at us. Oh, man, they, people was throwing their TVs away. Yeah. And they were seeing blinded eyes open. They were seeing... Uh, manna on the floor of the church. They were seeing angels walking around in their sanctuaries because, because they wouldn't do it to, uh, to satisfy the flesh. The flesh won't keep it. They were consecrating themselves and getting under submission. If their pastor was saying, hey, you need to get these TVs out of your house, and they said they wasn't doing it just because the man said, hey, you do it, they realized the powers that be are of God and are ordained of God. And if that's what that pastor was preaching for his congregation to be safe, to protect their eyes and protect their minds and protect their hearts from the filth of the world, 
when they said stay out of those you know, places and things like that and don't go here and don't go that and don't listen to this, don't listen to that. I know we, we, you know, we, I got enough Holy Ghost that it, it won't matter, but I'm telling you, I, I, what I see is that there was a submission there. There was a submission to the Word of God that they said, hey, you know what? It's enough to live for Jesus. It's enough to live for God, to be loved by Him and to live for Him and to serve Him. That's enough. And I don't need this world. We sing it, take this whole world and give me Jesus. But it's, it's been watered down to take some of this world and let me have Jesus too. And uh, we need to start seeking and examining. Am I under submission? Am, am I still, why, do I, why is this devil still hanging around? Check your submission. I don't say you ain't going to get attacked over and over again, but if he's never leaving, if you, if I can't get him off my back. Something's wrong. Something happens. When we come to him, like I said, it's submission. And, and, and I, you know, I always heard stories uh, from Brother Ebert, Sister Ebert, older saints in the church when I was coming. said, man, people would come. They were laying stuff down at the altars and because God was taking desires away. They were laying cigarettes and, and, and flasks and cards and snuff and all kinds of things down at the altar. And, and God was granting deliverance is because people fell under submission. And when they did, God broke those chains. And I've told you, I've testified, I told you, I said, I, I drank every day prior to me getting in church at that time, probably that, that year of my life when I was 24 years old, that, I doubt there was a day that I didn't have a drink in my hand. I mean, it was just the way I lived. I, I drank, partied, carried on, did, and loved it, consumed by it, didn't think a day should go by without drinking. I loved drinking. I loved being buzzed. I loved being drunk. Uh, I, I just loved it. Thought it was funny. Thought it was cool. Thought that's what you did. That's who I was. That's what I did. But I'm telling you, that, that desire, now, it wasn't like, oh, man, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I'll serve you, Lord, but I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Don't even want it. Don't even desire it. Don't ever want it. Man, I can smell something now. I can, I can be somewhere and smell Oh, my goodness, that smells like... Uh, you know, beer, and I'll, ah, it just brings back horrible, awful memories and thoughts, and, and it just, ugh, or smell, some of that cough medicine smells like this drink we used to drink. I ain't kidding. It was, it was black, like tick blood, and it was about as thick, and it was, it was called uh, Jägermeister, and it was from Germany or somewhere, one of them crazy countries, and, 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 I'm talking about it, it was as dark as tick blood, and it, it tasted like real bad licorice almost. And whew, but people, oh, hit me on again, get me again. Why? Because you're going to be, in like one or two shots, you're going to be off your rocker, man. And so that's what we do. But that's what I'm saying. God took that away. Uh, tobacco, I wasn't a smoker, but, man, I dipped snuff and chewed tobacco like it was going out of style. Could not quit it. Gums burning, mouth burning. I couldn't quit. I was like, I'm, I just, and, and ain't that so stupid? You know, I'm going to have cancer, uh, but I can't quit. I couldn't stop. I tried, tried to quit, tried to quit, couldn't quit. Came to the Lord, submitted my life to him, said, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm not going back. He took those things away from me. And I'm telling you, 
God still breaks desires. He still complete. If he says you're free, you are free indeed. And we've got to realize that God can, until, and as long as we stay submitted to him, we're going to stay delivered. But when you start piddling around, hanging close to the line, letting down, you're going to find yourself battling things that you hadn't had to battle uh, since you came to the Lord. Stay submitted to God. Listen, uh, I'm going to preach more about Samson a little, a little later in another lesson, but something I was thinking about while I was writing this out, that as long as Samson was submitted, he could not be bound. As long as he was submitted to that consecration, to that Nazarite vow, as long as he was submitted to the things that God had put over him since he was in the womb, he could not be bound. But when he emptied his heart out to the enemy and, and let him know and, and let him do the things that would cause that vow to be null and void, he said, I'll rise up like other times, shake myself, and, and said he didn't even realize the Lord wasn't with him. And they bound him up and put his eyes out and took him in and drug him away, you know. So, so uh, I don't want to be so sure of myself that I can't even recognize God ain't with me. You can't let go of that submission. You've got to hold on to it. The keys to us seeing revival, kingdom of God here on earth, is submission to him, to his word, and to his ways. It's, a, it's an order. And God has set it, set it in order. I don't want to remove submission and just go for power. I want to make sure that I have what God wants me to have. You can stand with me tonight, honey, if you want to come. And I'll finish with this. One of the great statements the Lord makes about the church as he gets ready to leave in Mark 16 and 15, he said, go in all, world, in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But then he says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. The Bible says that when a person resists the order of God and resists God, when he resists those things, he said then, he's only bringing damnation on himself. They that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. People try to get around the scripture and act like it don't, well, the Lord said it. I don't know why you're trying to change what the Lord said. Why not just take him at his word? He that believeth, and is baptized shall be saved. You know why? That's submission. He said, you're going to preach, preach the word, go out and preach it to every creature. That's, if you do that, you're under submission to me. And if they listen to you and, and submit to the word, they're going to be saved. But he that believeth not, that's the person who will not submit to God's order. When people say, I don't have to be baptized to be saved, you're not submitting to God's order. When they get mad at you and fight you on that, we talk about baptism and all that. Hey, that's God's order. God set it up. God set these things up. And he said, And these signs shall follow them that believe. The ones that believed are the ones that have submitted. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's the church the submitted church. Submission is the key. 
People say, man, I've been praying, nothing's happening. I know sometimes there are delays in things. But sometimes it's because our submission is not where it ought to be. I'm not mad at nobody or picking on nobody or anything. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself tonight. I don't want to be frustrated because our life with God will never be what it could be or what it should be when we're not under submission. We need to live by the Word of God, not be afraid to live by the Word of God, and be content with such things as we have. Godliness with contentment is great gain. We need that. We need to be content, for He has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So I want to make sure tonight that I am submitting myself to God. That gives me authority. to. It's bad enough battling myself in my own flesh. I don't want to have to fool with the devil too. So as long as I'm submitted to God, I can resist him. He'll go, and then I can work on this flesh and keep it under subjection. I can mortify the deeds of the flesh through the spirit, which I get through submission. I can't grab the spirit. I can't order the spirit. The spirit comes through submission. God's good. Let's lift our hands together and pray this tonight and just receive the word of the Lord. God, we thank you for your spirit that lives inside of us. And God, I pray tonight that we all will just examine ourselves. How can we be closer to you? Submit ourselves unto you, Lord, and have the power that you intended the church to have. Lord, we want to be more like you. We want to be the people of God in the church you've called us to be for this city. We want to see revival. We want to see blessings. And we know it's going to come through submission to you. So help us with it tonight, Lord. Let us be better. And we praise you for these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand and clap tonight and shout a praise. I'm thankful for him. It's not a burden to serve the Lord. It's not a burden to serve the Lord. And it's not, it's not a displeasure to, to follow his word. But, but man, I just keep reading time and time again. Obedience to his word brings so many blessings. Psalm chapter 1 talks about how you can be blessed. And that's when you meditate in his word day and night. He said you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. Be like that tree. Just Your leaf won't wither. You know, you're going to always be producing. You're going to be blessed. So let's stick to the word. Let's be in submission to him. Let's see God do some great things. God bless you. If the Lord don't come get us, we'll see you Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. Celebrate the resurrection of the Lord. It's going to be a great time. Don't forget to bring a bag of candy if you can for the candy rain. And um, that'll happen after service in the gymnasium. So we're looking forward to a good time. God bless you. And you can be dismissed in Jesus' name.